Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries, a disciple-making family of churches focused on the reality of Christianity. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your revelation of Jesus and increase in fruitfulness in your life. So Romans chapter 8 verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Passion says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Point being that we have the privilege as children of God to be led by God. Now think about a challenge that you're facing, think about being in the thick of it, and that's what you need. You need to know what is God saying to me. And as a child of God, that's your right and your privilege. To be able to be led by God. Having a word from God. One word from God can change everything. It really can. I mean, you know, there's countless testimonies I've got of just feeling like we're up against the wall and God just gives a word and that's the answer. That's the wisdom of God for that situation. We can all operate in that. And we should all. Okay, but this is something that we grow into. It doesn't happen automatically. Being led by God. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6, King James says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So now we've got this dynamic of we're wanting to be led by the Spirit of God, but if we're minding carnality, if we're focused on the wrong thing, we're not going to be easily led by God. That's what I'm pointing out to you. It's in the same passage of Scripture. If we're focused in on the wrong stuff, we're not going to be easily led by God. Okay? Look at uh, the Passion. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. So basically, if we're just self-centered and focused on ourselves, it's difficult to also be led by the Spirit of God. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. I love how it says the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Because that's following God. That's that's uh, being led by God. It's not an audible voice like I'm speaking to you now. Some people have experiences like that. Some of those experiences are not God. <laughs> you know by, by what they, people will share with you. And you're like, I wouldn't do that because that doesn't sound like God. Okay? We need to learn to discern the voice of God. And we do that by knowing the Word. This is what we see from all these verses I've already focused on. If we are focused in on the Word and filling ourselves with the Word, it's going to be easier to discern what does God want. Not because of an audible voice, but because of an impulse of the Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit is already giving every single one of us impulses. Many believers, many of us in this room even, maybe don't discern those impulses because we are desensitized to those impulses and we're more sensitive to carnality. That's just how it is. <laughs> so if we were to be focused more on the spiritual life and on the Holy Spirit in us, on in Christ realities, then it would help us to know what God wants in a situation. Or in a situation, just to hear His voice, and we just know, hey, this is what, what the Lord's impressing on my heart. I mean, even just with feeling like the, 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 as a leadership, the, the, all the pastors should go to Albania. Um, 
our, it was in the middle of talking to someone about, about something. And, and as I was talking to someone, that, that, that dropped in my heart. And I was like, I, start, I went to Martin and I was like, I, I really feel like this, we should do this and this and this. The campus passes, we should all go. She's like, I think that's a great idea. I, think, I, I really think this is, this is God speaking. And, you know, straight away it was kind of like just an impulse, you know. But that, that doesn't come because you're, 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 you're focused in on the wrong things. It's when you're focused on God, when you're seeking Him, when you're pursuing Him, not when you're perfect. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but your heart is sensitive to Him. It grows sensitive to Him. Then you get an impulse and you know it's Him and you can go in that direction. So the point is, is that uh, verse 6 there from the Passion. The mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So what are you focused on? What are you focused on? What you're focused on determines a lot in your life. How you overcome a challenge as well. What you're focused on or how you get... Overcoming a challenge doesn't mean the challenge disappears. Sometimes it means you just got through that challenge. Overcoming a challenge doesn't mean you're all of a sudden translated out of uh, the valley of the shadow of death and you're in paradise. Maybe that's called death, actually. Like you're, you're in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. The only way to get out of it is die or walk through. You know, what's your testimony going to be? Are you going to die in the valley of the shadow of death? At least you're going to be with Jesus. Or are you going to get through the valley of the shadow of death because you know He's with you? The problem doesn't disappear. Why? Because God can't make the problem disappear. Why? Because He's given us authority, firstly, to overcome those problems and to deal with those problems. We live in a world where our uh, wills are at play. And it's not just up to me what I'm going to experience, it's also up to you. So why do bad things happen to good people? Because there's bad people in the world. And your decisions affect me. My decisions affect you. It's not always just the devil. The devil's influencing people. But we live in a world where we, we're in community whether you don't uh, uh, connect with anybody or not. If you, you might build your own little empire and say, well, I'm just going to be by myself here in my castle and nobody's going to touch me. And then ESCOM goes, <laughs> no power for you. And then you're like, I'm going to put up solar and no one's going to touch me. And then the water gets rationed. And then you get a borehole and, and you've got your own water. So now you're self-sustaining. And then because the petrol prices are going up, you're affected. Your, 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 your finances are affected and the food price is affected. And so you start a vegetable garden. And then there's you know, just like what the point is. The president and the government could decide all of a sudden to tax you on solar energy. They could. Then what? <laughs> it's like we can't just say, I'm just going to make it by myself. No one can touch me. We live in community. Okay? John 14 verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus speaking. The passion. Don't worry or surrender your, uh, to your fear. For you've believed in God. Trust. Now trust and believe in me also. So here you've got Jesus speaking to his disciples who are about to face a tragedy uh, in their eyes. They're about to see their rabbi, them, the Messiah, get crucified. And he's preparing for them for it. Uh, and what does he say to them? Don't surrender to fear. We talk about emotions now. 
Don't surrender to fear. Don't let your heart be troubled. Okay? Your emotions, what he's saying, are controllable. Your emotions are controllable. When a challenge comes, if you give in to the negative emotions, that's half the battle lost. And so as believers, we need to learn to not be so emotional. <laughs> Don't think anyone expected me to go there. But th this, is, this, is, this is how what I've realized. I've seen this at work in my life. I've seen this at work in other people's lives. And I've seen it in the Word. We need to be stable in our emotions. Okay? Emotions come. Emotions go. Emotions don't last. Good emotions don't last. Bad emotions don't last. Okay? If you think about it, obedience, like in terms of uh, uh, obeying whatever the Lord puts on our hearts, obedience in terms of um, even faith, it's never emotional. Obedience is not emotional. This is something we, we, we even uh, 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 training the boys in. <laughs> it's like when I say stop, that's when you stop. It's not I'm just quickly going to whatever. When I say come here, I mean now. Not go and finish what you think is better and then come to me. I didn't say that. I said now as in now. <laughs> like that's a delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah, that's what we're training them in. Because we want them to learn to obey God instantly. You know, and, and, you know, we want them to obey in a sense of stop, don't cross the street. I'm just going to fit something quick. <laughs> obedience can save your life. Obedience can, disobedience can kill you. Might not, but you don't know. Okay? So, obedience is not emotional. And so we've got to learn to dominate our emotions and not be dominated by our emotions. Because in the valley of the shadow of death... It can be pretty emotional. When you're experiencing lack, when you're experiencing pressure, when you're experiencing pain, it can be pretty emotional. And it's not wrong, and it's not sin to be emotional, but it's wrong to be led by your emotions and to let your emotions overwhelm you. And it's, it's wrong to just let them just kind of go their way. And then you're like, well, I just can't help it. I felt like this. This is half the problem with society today. I wanted to check, but I, I better check there too. <laughs> the problem is, it's like we have people who feel this is right and this is wrong. And it, 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 it's, look, the right is right and wrong is wrong. It's not relative. You know, and, and so you have people like, oh, I, I just, I couldn't help it. You know, but you could help it because you have a choice. Let me stick to my notes. You know, what we're focusing on is, what, is what we're empowering. What we're focusing on is determining our emotions. <clears throat> Nobody likes it to hang around people who are all over the show with their emotions. <laughs> Unless it's a good show. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you don't put a guard on your mind, you open yourself up to anything. When you don't guard your mind, your heart, you open yourself up to anything, okay? Then your emotions will be contrary to the Word. Then you will not be able to be led by the Spirit because you won't feel the impulses of the Spirit 
you'll feel the impulses of the flesh. For example, if Angelo was all of a sudden to just uh, insult me, and I was more in touch with my carnality than my spirituality, the impulses of the flesh might cause a, a slap on the chops, you know, just a, a knock on the, the jaw or something, because I'm in touch with, you know, what I learned from watching The Bold and the Beautiful, or The Days of Our Lives, or Isidingo, whatever you watch. Like, I don't know what's on TV nowadays. But the point is, it's like we become in touch because we're opening ourselves up to that. We're being trained to operate like that. But if I'm more in the Word and I'm more in touch with what the Word says, if I, then I'm more spiritual. When I get insulted, where, what am I going to do? Bless those who insult me. I'm going I'm to love them. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to respond in the opposite spirit. Okay? <clears throat> As I was meditating on this, I realized you cannot be emotional and in faith at the same time. Because being emotional, what I'm saying is you cannot be led by your emotions and in faith at the same time. It's emotions are not sin. Enjoy good emotions, but you've got to learn to not be led by your emotions. You cannot be led by emotions and be in faith. Okay, because Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, The just shall live by faith, not by feelings. The just shall live by faith. Faith has feelings that follow, but faith is not led by feelings. We often say, I just felt like I should, X, Y, and Z. I know what we mean, but the word is wrong. It's more like I was led to do this. Let me just pause and say this. With regards to generosity towards people and helping people and giving even in the, the bucket or towards the kingdom, we don't need to be led to give. Special situations like Albania, maybe we should be led to give. But general generosity, we shouldn't be led to give and led to help. It should be natural for us. Okay? Some people hold on to everything they've got and they're like, I give when God says give. Well, God's already said give. <laughs> so there you go. Okay? So what governs you? Is it the word or is it circumstances? Is it feelings or is it faith? Living by faith means that we choose uh, to accept and believe and live from the truth of God's Word. Okay? We're not living by feelings. We're not living by information that's contrary to the Word. We're living by faith. So now, in the area of even, um, not just healing, but if we're uh, trusting for a miracle or changes in circumstances and situations, I, I was really challenged with this this week. Uh, and I spoke to Marna a bit about it, in terms of, you know, we, we need to pray into situations, we speak our faith into situations, we speak healing, we speak a change in a situation or whatever it is, obviously within limitations in terms of we speak to situations we can change and should change, I can't change other people, so I'm not talking about that, that's witchcraft, I'm talking about like healing and miracles. Now, I speak my faith, and if I don't see the result, I don't now deny what I see and speak what I want because that would be foolishness to say I'm healed when I'm not. But what I do do is I say, you know, the, 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 the situation hasn't changed yet, but the power of God is at work in my body. That would be starting to walk out faith. I still need to go for a checkup. I still need to take medication. I'm not there yet, but... The power of God is at work in my body and it's doing something. Because so often we don't see results and then we pull back and we're like, hey, 
uh, 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 we abort the, the whole thing because it didn't work. No, no, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that it hasn't come to completeness yet. But the power of God is at work in my body. Okay? So that would be living by faith, not by emotions, not by feelings, not by what I see. It's not ignoring the problem like a lot of faith people do. <laughs> Let's ignore the problem and then I've had friends die because they ignore the problem and say, I'm well, I'm well, I'm healed and they didn't deal with the problem. Yeah. You know, if you don't see change in your situation, go see a doctor. <laughs> because maybe your faith isn't where it is yet. It's supposed to be it. Or maybe it's a simple thing. I know one guy, he, was, uh, 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 he woke up deaf the one day. And he went through, the, it was one of our Bible school lectures. He woke up deaf and he came to class and I knew something was off with him. But I couldn't figure out what. Now I remember the class where he was teaching. And he just stood up and he taught. And then later on he said he made the mistake of teaching. Uh, at the end of the teaching asking, does anyone have questions? And he couldn't hear anyone. And so what did he do? Someone said something. And he answered just whatever he thought. Like, and I remember this was really random. Like that had nothing to do with the, the question. And then the bell rang, and he knew the bell had rang because people were walking off. And uh, he thought, okay, he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he felt God say, go to the doctor. So he went to the doctor. And the doctor took a whole lot of compounded wax out of his ear, and he could hear again, miraculously. <laughs> Sometimes it's just something simple that you don't need to fast and pray about. <laughs> Amen? Anyway. Living by faith means we're choosing to accept, believe, and live from the truth of God's word and not by my feelings. Or not even information contrary to the word. But we cannot live like believers unless, number one, we're believers. We've got Christ living in us. And number two, we can't live like believers unless we know the word. We cannot live by, like believers unless we know who we are. Okay, so Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again I say, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Can you see that this is how a believer lives? Not, and the world doesn't really live like this. He's saying, hey, you've got problems. Don't worry. What, when, when should you not worry? When you don't have problems? When you don't have problems, you don't worry. When you have problems, you worry, but the Bible says don't worry. So, in the middle of problems, we choose not to worry. But I can't help it. You can't help it because you're focused on the wrong information. Faith comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. So what are you hearing? Are you hearing the word which brings faith? Or are you hearing the circumstances which bring fear? Okay? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Establish your thoughts. Secure your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is stability. 
There's problems in my life. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. And I might be a little bit emotional and it's not a sin. But I'm choosing to fix my heart and my mind on the truth of God's word. On what is true. On what is excellent. On what is noble. You know, I've taught on this previously. I'll mention it again quick. Um, think on these things. Whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, etc., etc., etc. And uh, sometimes we feel like that means I must uh, focus my thoughts on, wow, you know, uh, I've got a loving spouse. That's true. And then all of a sudden they're not loving. That's not. So now I've got to change my thoughts. You know, ah, I'm thinking, what's true? What's honorable? What's loving? Uh, 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 what's pure? Um, wow, you know, you're focusing on things that are temporal. And you're choosing to think about good things in life that can change at the drop of a hat. Like, wow, I've got such a lovely home and whatever, and then you get home and it burned down, and what now? <laughs> now you've got to focus on something else that's true and noble and right and whatever. This is talking about the gospel and what we have in Christ. That's the only thing worth focusing on. <laughs> because everything else can change quickly. Your security in this world can go out the door quickly. It can burn, it can get corrupted, it's not worth it. Okay? Emotions are a byproduct of information and how we process the information that comes to us. So if we want our emotions to be constant and stable and in line with faith and the Word, then we have to guard our hearts, our minds, and we've got to make sure we're focused on the right stuff. If you can control the information that you're exposed to, and you can correctly process that information that you're exposed to, then you can control your emotions. Okay? It's like, um, let's say, I'm going to use you as an example, Angela, since you're visiting us today. Angela's got this amazing, he's found this amazing spouse, like wife, and he wants to get married, and it's like, wow, this, this woman's amazing, and whatever, and, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, later on he finds out that this, this woman that he's going to get married to tomorrow actually killed his whole family, and just to set herself up as being the one there that was able to comfort him during tough times. And just be there for him and all. And he's like, you've always been there for me. And then he realizes, like, you're the one who caused all these problems. Your emotions towards that woman would hopefully change. And be negative now. You wouldn't be madly in love. You'd be mad. You know? <laughs> Point being, emotions are, are led by what we know and how we process what we know. You know, if your family was terrible and you were thankful that she got rid of them, that would be a different story. <laughs> Okay, I'm just making a joke, but you, you get what I mean. Emotions are something that you can control, and they can also control you. Fear and faith are opposites that work against each other. So we can't be in faith and in fear at the same time. Okay, if you're in fear, it's because you're focused on the wrong information. If you're in faith, it's because you're focused on the correct information. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we need to be in the word. We need to be hearing what God says. We need to be hearing the gospel and what it means for us and what it's made us so that we can live by faith. So let's look at the leading of the spirit. God's will for us is to be led by the spirit. Okay, if we look under the Old Testament, Old Covenant, uh, we see some prophecies concerning this, this, this truth, that He wants us to be led by His Spirit. 
Okay, Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. The essence of this is that God will put his spirit within man and then man will naturally walk in his ways. That's God's desire for us. But we don't naturally walk in His ways unless we know the Spirit within us. Which means we've got to be spiritually minded and not carnally minded. Focused in on who we are in Christ and not what's happening in the flesh. What's happening in the circumstances. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has uh, before ordained that we should walk in them. So by saying before ordained, he's not, it's not the same as predetermined. Okay, What he means is to make ready in advance. Okay, it's not to determine, uh, 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 it's like something, like someone clearing a bush uh, path for a third party, he simply gives you a path to follow. Okay, it implies to for desire. God has prepared a plan, a way for us to walk in it. God has prepared a, a path for us. So it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, referring to road signs. Okay, there are road signs pointing us in the right direction. Okay, some choose to follow, some choose to not. So just because it's for, uh, 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 predetermined or, or you know, uh, 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 marked out for us doesn't mean you walk in it. You have to choose to walk in. You, you follow the unction of the Spirit within. You follow the leading of the Spirit or you don't. It's up to each and every single one of us. Okay, supernatural guidance is not something that just automatically happens. It's something that you follow. It's something that we follow. It's something that we walk in. And we all need supernatural guidance with regards to making life decisions, with regards to work, with regards to relationships, with regards to the problems that we're going to face tomorrow morning when we wake up on Monday. Amen? I prophesy. <laughs> <laughs> problems this week that you have to overcome <laughs> it's going to happen i'm not wishing it upon you but you know what i mean not this past thursday the thursday before on the friday i was scheduled to go to Joburg. on the thursday i was scheduled to go quickly to cape town for a meeting and then go back home to to do a, a job and then to also spend time with the family i never came back from cape town till that evening why because firstly, I had to replace my car battery because the car died as I arrived at the fuel station. Then I pulled out of the fuel station and the car died completely. Not a light was flickering anywhere. And they pushed me into the parking lot and then they realized the fan belts out completely. And it had damaged some stuff. And so then it was like this and then it was that. It's still there. <laughs> Waiting for us. Every time we drive past King I walk, I say, say hello to the white car. <laughs> to the kids. Because it's there, waiting for us to be, you know, and I mean, it's being sorted out. But the point is, is that we had problems. And you know what? It was at the shell, we got stuck there. We, I, as soon as we, we, we pushed into the parking, I said, let's go eat. <laughs> I was like, my window doesn't want to close. Doesn't matter. Let's go eat. So we walked into Canal Walk. Because I'm not going to let this upset me and I need to eat. 
<laughs> so we took the family because that morning Marna woke up led by the Spirit and said, I think we should all go to Cape Town today so we can spend time in the car together. She didn't really realize what that meant. Spend time in the car together. <laughs> like stuck in the car. So, you know, we went into Canal Walk and we had lunch and we came. And while we're having lunch, I'm Googling, where can I actually get this fixed? And then I realized there's a Tiger Wheel and Tire right there. So I walked across the forecourt of the petrol station and said, can you help me? And they said, yes. And they were amazing to us. They were really great. And then while we were waiting for a mechanic to come and see it after the second problems came about, because we drove out and around and then the car was overheating and then we drove back because they said there's something else wrong and they figured it out. But, you know, we went in again and we had, went to the arcade together and we had some fun together. And at the end of the day, when we got home at 6.30 p.m., we were supposed to be home at 11.30 a.m., the boy, William said to me, I'm so glad that you're not like other dads who freak out at things like this. Why? Because the Christian isn't an optimist, the Christian isn't a pessimist, the Christian isn't a realist, the Christian is a Christian who controls their emotions, or should, and doesn't let pressures of this life pressure us into acting like the devil, or acting like a son of the devil, but we can act calm, cool, and collected, and just respond to things with, you know what, it's all going to burn, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what, it's like one day I'll wake up in heaven and I'm just going to be like, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to forget about that car. It's not going to be a problem. Point is, is whatever we're facing is not going to last forever. And so we focus on the joy set before us. That's what Jesus did with the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. And then God exalted to the right hand of God as a result. So... We need to realize that because we're children of God in a situation, we don't lack direction. We don't lack uh, being able to respond positively and properly in situations. Yeah? We, we, we need to uh, uh, realize that we, in the area of uh, being led by the Spirit, <clears throat> we have a part to play. You don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden all your spiritual uh, senses are just in tune and ready and you're like, wow. It takes developing. It takes maturing. The same way it takes maturing to, to pick up heavy weights. Not too much heavy weights, but heavy weights. Amen? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Got to know your limit. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, here we go. Proverbs 4.23. <laughs> we love you, babe. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. So we need to be guarding what goes into our hearts. Okay? I watch Netflix. I do. <laughs> Good stuff. But I've got to make sure that that's not all I'm putting in my heart. I've got to put word in my heart. I've got to focus in on the spirit. I mustn't be thinking about whatever I'm watching on Netflix. All the time. You know, you've got to, you've got to have a, 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 a be spiritual, not just natural like everybody else. If you're wanting to have spiritual results. Okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This means the believer can be conformed to the world. The believer can act like the world. The believer can live like the world. And they do. None of us, but they do. 
the ones that didn't come this evening, okay? If we do not want to be conformed to this world, we have to renew our minds. What does that mean? We change our way of thinking and we start to think like God thinks. You can't live like God wants us to live if we're not thinking like God thinks. Okay? If, if we aren't renewing our minds, then we are being remolded or we're being conformed to philosophies, information, principles, policies, systems, theories that don't align with God. And that's why we have the lives that we have often. The word conformed you know, means to be adapted. Adapted. So we need to be conform, uh, uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds and not adapted to the world. Why? Just adapted to the world because you are not of this world. So many of us think I'm of this world and I need to change my thinking and adapt to kingdom realities. No, 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 no. no. You're living in the kingdom right now. And you have the choice. Do I digress to the way of the world or do I transform and progress in the things of the kingdom? You don't have to come up to the, le the level of kingdom living. You are in the level of kingdom living. And now you change your thinking to think like where you are so that you can experience the fruits of where you are. Or you digress from where you are and you become like the world. That's what we don't want. Okay, 1 John 5 verse 1 says that we're born of God. We're born of God. So if we're born of God, then we, sh we should be able to live like God, act like God, love like God. Amen? Amen? So, as believers, we need to guard our hearts, guard our minds. You're... you're you have to guard your mind because the mind is the battlefield. The mind is where people perish, start perishing. You don't finish perishing there, but that's where it starts. You know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. What we don't know is the problem. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the mind, minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So, if our minds are blinded, if someone's mind is blinded to the truth, then they perish. So we need to guard our minds and we need to, that's why we preach the gospel. We bring good information to people and they receive the good information and now their light goes on and their minds are not darkened anymore. They are enlightened. Okay, Ephesians 4 verse 17 to 18, with the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from God. Sorry, far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. And Paul is instructing us to not live like that, which means you can live like that. You can close your mind and harden your heart to the truth. And even though you're born again and Jesus lives in you, you will never experience it. Because you're making bad decisions and you're closing your mind off to the truth and you're focusing on what everyone else is focusing on so you're living like everyone else is living. We need to guard the way we think. It's vital. 
It is a matter of life and death. Our minds need to come to the knowledge of the reality of what Christ has done if we want to experience the reality of what Christ has done for us. Okay, Colossians 1 verse 9. For this cause, we also, since we heard the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and, the, uh, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So he's praying. Paul's praying from the Spirit. He's praying that their minds would receive understanding. Okay? Insight. This is what the mind needs. That's why good teaching is so important. That's why right information is so important. We can't just live in a place of ignorance is bliss. Ignorance will kill you. Ignorance will destroy you. The, right, the wrong information will destroy you too. So it's so vital that we learn to discern. There's no gift of discernment. You can't pray and ask God for a gift of discernment to know right from wrong. Discernment happens because you know truth. The more you're in the Word, the more you're able to discern. This is right and this is wrong. There's a gift of discerning of spirits. That's a different thing. But discernment is not a gift, it's maturity. I don't need to pray about who should I leave my kids with. I discern it based on information, based on wisdom, based on knowledge. Maturity, okay? If you've made a bad decision, even though you've prayed about it, it might, you, know, you may have misheard God or something, but you got there because you had the wrong information. Okay? <clears throat> so we, we must uh, not be careless with our minds. Because if we're focused in on the wrong things, it will lead to wrong emotions. And wrong emotions in a situation can destroy you. You know, you, 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 we need to live in this place of, doesn't matter what someone says to me, whether it's the doctor, whether it's the banker, whether it's my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my whatever, this, that, the next thing, it doesn't matter what someone says to me, I'm going to be constant, because God is constant. I'm going to be focused on the truth and His Word, that He is always with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I'm going to be okay all the time, because He's with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 8. We, we've read it uh, already, but I want to finish off with this verse. Always be full of, the, uh, of joy in the Lord. I love this, because there's no conditions here. There's no exemptions here. Always be full of the joy of the Lord, except when it's really tough. When it's really, really bad. Like when, when everybody's not liking you because you're uh, just uh, standing for truth or whatever the case is, then it's okay not to be joyful. If, 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 if the finances are down, then it's okay. It's okay. You're allowed not to be joyful. You know, if, if uh, uh, it, it, there's no conditions. When someone dies, it, it doesn't include that there. Now there's mourning. But we don't mourn as those without hope as believers. It's actually a celebration when, when a believer passes. And so we can be joyful always. But here's the thing. Always before joy in the Lord. I like how the King James puts it. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know what that means? 
It means your circumstances might not give you reason to rejoice, but the Lord does. In all circumstances, we give thanks. We don't give thanks for all circumstances. So it's like, I've got these problems and they're weighing me down and they're coming against me. Thank you, Jesus, for all these circumstances which are teaching me something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's wrong. We go, wow, there's just so many things going wrong. I mean, yesterday, I can't remember what was happening, but it was just like, there was lots of little things going wrong. Martin and I were laughing about it. You know, you get into the car and then, you know, um, I can't even remember what it was, but, you know, because I forget these things. But it's like, this little thing happened, then that little thing happened. Then this little thing happened, then that, you, you park at this petrol tank, they want you to get that petrol tank. <laughs> then you go there, and then there's this, and then there's this, and she's like, everything's just like going against us today. We just laughed, and we let, carried on. Why? Because we can rejoice in the Lord, because He's constant. Even though everything around us is not constant. You know, you, you, you get, you get a, 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 the doctor saying, here you've got three months to live. You're going to die. Well, thank you for that information. I love Jesus and I get to see him quicker now. If I don't get healed, but healing is a possibility. <laughs> and so I can believe for healing. You know, it's rather learn to focus on things in a biblical way rather than just a natural way. Why aren't you falling apart when uh, this and that is going wrong? Well, because God's not falling apart, and He's my Father, so He's going to look after me. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do, except when you deserve better, and everybody around you needs to rather pay attention to you because you're going through a difficult time. That's what Paul wrote you. <laughs> didn't write that there. He's like, you be considerate to everyone. Regardless of what you deserve or don't deserve. It's not about you. Okay? Now oh, I lost my place. Don't worry about anything. Verse 6. Pray about everything. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to worry about the things that are worrying you right now. It's okay. It's okay. Because what? You can pray about it. And Paul's not writing that in the sense of Ah, just, just pray about it and kind of just laugh it off type thing. Isn't it? This is just a ritual that you do just to come to a place of peace. It's not that. It's a place of pray about everything because prayer affects change. But prayer will also help you keep your focus right. You're not focusing on the circumstances and if they change or not. You're focusing on the goodness of God. Which is a, a, a constant regardless of situations and circumstances. Tell God what you need. Not everybody else. I added that laugh part. And thank Him for all He has done. Like it's good to tell people and it's good to connect and, and live like community. But sometimes we talk to people more than we talk to God. Sometimes we're talking to everybody but we're not talking to God about these things. Then you will be able to experience God's peace. So some of you just realized why you're not experiencing God's peace. It's because the whole of verse 4, 5 and 6, you're not doing that. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're not engaged in what Christianity's focused in on and engaged in. You're focused in on living like everyone else. Okay? And it goes on to say, which, uh, uh, then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. And this peace exceeds anything we can understand. 
Why do you have such a deep-rooted peace and joy amidst your trials? It doesn't make sense. And you're like, I don't need to understand it. I just know God is with me. That's enough for me. Living from a place of that will bring a place of, uh, it will bring a consistency in your emotions. Where you won't be like a yo-yo and whatever else going all over the show, but you'll be constant. The world needs us to be constant as believers. The world needs us to be constant because they need to see our faith working for us so that they can go, wow, I want what you've got. Because things I'm sure are not going to get easier in the world. I trust they will, because I like that. But as they, you know, let me shut up. I wanted to say this, but I'm not going to. I wanted to say that I think it's time to, it's time to start praying for persecution in South Africa. That's what I wanted to say. I was talking to Angela, I think, yesterday about it. I was like, I think I'm going to start praying for persecution in South Africa. Because the church needs to wake up. And I'm being genuine about it. I think it would be lovely to have people actually stand up for their faith. Because they have to. Because we, we, we take everything for granted. Convenience has crept into the church and we need to kick it out. Your comfort is crept into the kingdom and the kingdom doesn't want it. Because it's not about our comfort, it's about the king and the kingdom. It's a great place to stop. Father, I thank you. Before I go any further into all that, I thank you that you are good. And I thank you right now that we can be encouraged, that we can live lives of victory, lives of joy and peace amidst trials. Thank you, Father, that we do not have to be shaken by things that can shake us, but we can be constant and secure because you are a good God. Thank you, Father, for your love and for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Thank you that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us, Father. If you'd like to get hold of us or to obtain more free teachings, you can visit us online at www.gracelife.co.za.